There's hope in the morning. And there's hope in the evening. Why? Because Jesus is king. And Jesus is living. Jesus is breathing. Jesus is alive. There's hope in the breaking. And there's hope in the sorrow. There's hope in this moment. And our hope is for tomorrow. It says you keep hope alive in this song. You keep hope alive from the beginning to the end. Your word never fails. And our hope is in Jesus Christ, our living hope. And that's the hope that, that Peter has been writing as we've been exploring First Peter together. We've been seeing how Peter has been writing to the scattered Christians around, around Asia Minor specifically, but we can apply it to us too. Christians that need hope of Jesus. Need not just hope for tomorrow, but strength for today. And a bright hope for tomorrow. We, we know that Jesus is our hope, and we put our full hope in Him. It's a, our hope is an expectant hope. It's confident. It's not something that we're just hopeful of. But we can have full hope in the Lord. And as we've been going through this sermon series in First Peter, we've been, had a lot of challenges, a lot of, a lot of things that Peter was, is, was writing that we can understand, that we can try to take from it. Like that We need to be people that are living in this hope of Jesus, living in a way that we know that Jesus is chosen and precious. And our response is that we see that God views us, His people as chosen and precious. And we, we know that we can rejoice today in that, that living hope forever. We said last week that when the church has, the, has God's mindset, then God's will will be done. And that's, that's, I think, Peter's prayer for believers, not just believers that are in persecution, but that the church would have that mindset of Jesus, would see the suffering Savior, would see the hope that we have in Jesus, and then we would be obedient, surrendered to do whatever the Lord is wanting us to do. And so, and today we're going to be looking at, uh, continuing in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. And so, it's going to be verses uh, 12 to 19. And today we're looking at the, this idea of that hope has a name. And this hope has a name because His name is Jesus. And Jesus is living. And Jesus is the only one that we can have that full, confident expectation that we have hope now and hope for tomorrow and our eternal future. If we have our hope fully and our trust fully in Jesus alone. If we don't, then we don't have that hope. Our main idea today is that the blessing and hope of being in Christ helps Christians endure any suffering. Now, Peter is, is writing to the Christians that are in suffering, in persecution. But whether we are in suffering or not, whether we are being persecuted for our faith or not, we have a blessing and we have a hope of being in Christ. And that's going to help whatever circumstances we're in. And so I encourage you to open to 1 Peter chapter 4. Or you can follow along on the screens. But in 1 Peter 
chapter 4, we looked at the first part last week, living for God, and how, and how that, that having that mindset, our mindset needs to be in Christ, and his mindset was that he suffered and died. And then whatever happens, we have that mindset of, of Jesus, that we're not fighting for ourselves, we're not fighting for what we want. But we are surrendered to Jesus Christ. And it starts by having a mindset, being in Jesus. So it says in, in verse 12, Peter says, Dear friends, now Peter is writing to people that he probably has, has met a few of them, but some of them. This is the same Peter uh, that we heard about, even Matthias was talking about this morning. that He was the, the, the Peter... That was one of Jesus' disciples. He was the Peter that did all kinds of things with Jesus. He was the Peter that, that was preaching on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 came to know Jesus, to know to have, the, have the Holy Spirit and to be a follower of Jesus. So he says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory in God rests upon you. Now, these, these verses right here, 12, 13, and 14, Peter is writing He's writing that we shouldn't be surprised. Now, maybe for a lot of us, we aren't being persecuted for our faith. You know, maybe last week's message, or it was really about how, how we need to have that mindset of Jesus arming ourselves when, when the time is coming, when we suffer. Maybe for some of us, we thought, well, that's not really happening. Yeah, we can have the mindset of Jesus and we can, and we can arm ourselves with his mindset and be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. But maybe, you know, we live in the United States. Nothing really that bad happens to Christians. Maybe sometime in the future. But Peter says, don't be surprised. He wants us to be ready. So whether you're in the midst of suffering and persecution right now or not, he says, be ready. Don't be surprised. He said earlier, arm yourself with that mindset of Jesus, the attitude of Jesus. And he, notice here he says in verse 12 that with well, this fiery ordeal that's going to come, or that has come, it's to test you. Persecution, suffering, trials, they happen. They happen to anybody. They're not happening just to those, group, those people over there, those people over there. They happen... Peter wants us to be ready. But what he wants us to know is not just to not be surprised, but he wants us to also know that these trials, whatever we face, are going to test our faith. They're going to, be, they're going to help us know if we are really truly standing in the hope, the living hope of Jesus Christ alone. So he says, like, don't be surprised if, some, if this happens, like something strange is happening. It's like this is... You need to be ready for this, this mindset that, yes, you're going to be tested. You're going to have to deal with things that you don't like to deal with. 
things that are not pleasant. But he says here in verse 13 that we need to rejoice. As believers in Jesus, we need to rejoice. Now, easier said than done. I don't think it's just, he's just saying, okay, be happy. No, if our joy is in Jesus Christ alone, if our joy, if we have this relationship where we abide with Jesus, in this relationship where whatever happens in our life, our joy is found in Jesus alone. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, rejoice. And as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, yeah, you're going to participate in those sufferings. You're going you're to be involved in suffering. But rejoice. And Jesus said in, in Matthew 5, Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. And he says to that, he says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. In the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says, Rejoice, be glad. If they're persecuting you, if they're giving you, if they're insulting you because of Jesus, Jesus says, rejoice. And Peter says, rejoice. And he said, rejoice so much that you're overjoyed. This is actually two Greek verbs here together, and they put it into one English word, overjoyed. But just this, this idea of rejoicing like to the full. This rejoicing in a way that is just, it's going to stand out. People are persecuting you and you're rejoicing. That, that doesn't make sense. But, he says, but Peter wants us as believers to rejoice, overly rejoice. Not because everything's going well in our life. No, we rejoice in Jesus. We rejoice in the hope of our living Savior. The hope that's, that's eternal, that's going to happen someday when Jesus returns and His glory is revealed, but also it's the hope that gives us strength right now. It's the hope that He's with us. So it says that we need to be overjoyed in this rejoicing about Jesus and our hope in, in the Lord. And then what I want, to, want us to catch here in verse 14, this doesn't seem like maybe it's the big subject but it, but it says here that when we're insulted, or if you're insulted, in the name of Jesus, if you're insulted because of the, of the name of Jesus, you are blessed. You are blessed. Now, you could just stop there and say, okay, it, you're, you're blessed when you're insulted. But I almost want to start the, in the opposite part and say, start there, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Why are we blessed? We, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you put your hope and trust in the name of Jesus alone, we are blessed because Jesus, His Spirit rests on us. That's why we're blessed. And when, when Jesus' Spirit rests on us, it doesn't matter what happens. Nothing compares to the blessing and the hope that we have in Jesus. And that, that's our main idea today, that we have that blessing and that, that hope of being in Christ that helps all Christians 
that helps us endure any kind of suffering. And so that's what, that's what we're talking about here. That, that's what Peter is talking about. That we have that blessing. And it's not just if you're insulted. It's not just if you're being persecuted or if you're suffering. We have that blessing because Jesus died for us. And we've accepted Jesus, His, his sacrifice on the cross, and Jesus has given it, us the, His Spirit to rest on us. And with the Holy Spirit, we have power, we have life, we have guidance. And that is a huge, huge blessing. Our first point today is that we can rejoice in our suffering. So when we face trials, when we face opposition, when we face testing, you can rejoice in your suffering. Again, that doesn't seem like that makes sense, but we can rejoice in our suffering. James said this. Paul said this. This is throughout the New Testament. Paul said in Romans 12, he said, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So when we, when we are not sure what to do and we are worried about things, let's be joyful in our hope of Jesus. Let's be patient when we are in affliction. And let's be faithful in prayer. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to give us those things. That, the, that, that joy and that patience and that faithful, that we, it's not that we are faithful in prayer, but the Holy Spirit is leading us to be prayerful, to be turning things to the Lord. You know, Paul also wrote in a, in a letter called Philippians. He wrote from a prison cell. And that whole letter he wrote is about the joy of Jesus. That have, in Christ that we have joy. Not because this is, we're happy that, we're, that he's in persecution or we're in persecution or having hard times. But no, that there's an inner joy that we can rejoice in. In fact, Peter, or sorry, Paul says that while he was in, while he was in change for his faith, he said in, in Philippians 2, 18, 17 and 18, he said, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and the service coming of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. I'm glad and I rejoice. Even if the worst things are happening to my physical body, even if the worst things are happening, I'm going to rejoice because I'm in Jesus and I'm wanting all of us to be in Jesus is what Paul says, and this is also what Peter is saying here in 1 Peter 4. There's a story, uh, last week was the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And they, in the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, put out a video about this, this woman named Rebecca in Nigeria. And so it's about five minutes, and I just want you to see her story. My name is Rebecca. I live in the north of Nigeria. One evening I was out with my daughter, and on our way home we saw smoke rising above our village. We were under attack. There was nothing we could do to defend ourselves. 
my husband and I were married in that village. My wedding day, it was the happiest day of my life. Some members of our church gave us a wedding gift. It was a Bible. We read it together, every day. children were old enough, we're ready to them and their friends. Let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them. And do not forbid them. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Church of Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Verse 14. On the day our village burnt to the ground, my husband and my son were killed in the attack. I was devastated. I mourned for many months. Some of us were able to return to our village to reclaim anything that was left. withers and the flower falls off but the word of the Lord endures forever I shall return there. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is a husband to all widows. I look to him for every need. This is what I am still holding on to.
Rebecca has hope, not in a Bible. She has hope in the Lord. Her joy is in Jesus. No matter what persecution she faced or will continue to face, her hope is in Jesus, no matter the suffering. And there's people like that all over the world that that are dealing with suffering. And they are choosing to rejoice in the Lord. They're choosing to be a witness for Jesus in the midst of their sorrow and their hurt and their pain. And so I would encourage all of us that we can be praying. We can be praying for people like Rebecca, people that are facing uncertainty and persecution and suffering and, and death and the death of loved ones. And that we can pray that they would be strengthened and they would have that joy in Jesus like we saw in this story. Well, this is what Peter is talking about, joy in our suffering. And he continues in verse 15. And he says, If any of you should suffer, it should not be as a murderer or as a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer... As a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear His name. So we can praise the Lord that we bear the name of the Lord. So he's saying, of course, you're not going to, if you're suffering for Christ, it's not going to be in any of these other ways that that a criminal is going to suffer for doing something wrong. If you're suffering and you're bearing the name of Jesus, and you're still having joy in the Lord, and you're suffering anyways, he's saying, what does he want us to do? Praise God. He wants us to praise God. If we're suffering for being a Christian, we're suffering because of our faith, our response is to have joy in Jesus and praise Jesus. In the message translation of this verse, it says, if they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it any second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in the name, the name of Jesus. That status is, is that what we bear as, as believers, the status that we are in Christ. That status that we bear the name of Jesus. And for that, we praise the Lord. So our second point today is that when we face trials, when we are tested, when we're facing suffering or persecution, you can praise God. Not for the suffering necessarily, but that you are His. That you belong to Jesus. That this suffering is only temporary, even if it's your whole lifetime, it's still only temporary in the, in the span of eternity. And we can praise the Lord that we know that we are with Him now and forever we'll be with Him. And in that case, in the forever, we're not going to be suffering. We're going to be the opposite of suffering. And so we can praise the Lord that this is only temporary. You know, a few days ago, when I was trying to think of an illustration for this, 
my wife and I were in the kitchen, and <laughs> and my finger got cut on some things we were working on to make a lunch. And I thought it, there was a lot of pain. I still have I have still have a cut on my finger. There was a lot of pain. I mean, not like an enormous amount of pain where I needed to go get stitches or something. But that pain, it kind of made me focus on that pain right then. I was like, that I should be really mad. That I'm, I'm hurting. That I had to, to get a band-aid to get to stop the bleeding. Now, this seems really trivial. Because it is. But I think that's how we should look at suffering. It's just for a little bit. It just hurts a little bit. I mean, it seems like a lot in the moment, but it's just for a short time. And compared to eternity, compared to, to our life, it doesn't matter. Now, if I would have made this a big deal and just made my, my hurt finger, I mean, even yesterday, it was still bleeding more, and I was like, oh no, get another Band-Aid. <laughs> get another Band-Aid. Okay. I'm not wearing a band-aid today, but it's not that big a deal. But sometimes we try to make things where we get hurt kind of a big deal. And it can take our focus off of, of who we are in Jesus. And that we can have joy even in the midst of trials and suffering. And I, and I hope that's just a silly example that having a little cut doesn't compare to being a child of Jesus. Doesn't compare to all of eternity. But I think that's how sometimes we look at it. We, we just see this, this cut on our finger. And I, I'm not, I might not be able to type. I might not be able to... No, it's just don't worry about it. Just move on. It's not that big a deal. You are a child of Jesus. You are His. And so let's praise the Lord. No matter what happens, we can be praising Jesus. You know, in, in 2 Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, he says, he talks about suffering and he says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And I, I know that's, that's in a different context, but this idea that we, it's not that we're asking for suffering, it's not that we're asking for persecution, but in that persecution, in that suffering, we're going to be refined in that fire. We're going to be praising the Lord that we are His. We are going to be with Jesus and choosing to have joy in the Lord. Or not. We can focus on how bad the finger hurts and lose track of everything else. But Peter is saying, don't do that. He's saying, rejoice that you are His. Rejoice that you are in the Lord. So whether or not we're suffering, let's rejoice in the Lord and let's praise the Lord that we are His. Peter then goes on in verse 17 and says, for, a time is, for the time of judgment to begin is to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And then he quotes from Proverbs and says, It is hard for a righteous, if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will, the, what will become of the ungodly and of the sinner? So then, 
those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So he kind of gives us a, a few things to think about. Judgment's going to come. And it starts with us. It starts that we are the ones that bear the name of Jesus. We are the ones that are praising the Lord. We, we are the ones that are giving glory to God. And what's going to happen to the people that don't do that? What's going to happen to those that do not obey the gospel of God, Peter says? It's not good for them. So that's why we need to be praying. We need to be witnessing. Peter is in this letter. He's letting us know that we need to have our hope so secure in the Lord that people are going to see the good that we do in our life, the hope that we have, and they're going to wonder what it is so much that they're going to ask us. Why are you guys so different? Why are you happy? Why are you rejoicing and suffering? Why don't you fight back? And Peter says, So those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves. Commit themselves. If we're suffering because of we're doing what Jesus wants, we're, we're on the path of choosing and obeying the Lord, and He's with us in the suffering and we're rejoicing in Him, it says just continue to, to, the faith, to be committed to the faithful Creator. Our third point today is to do that. It's to continue. It's to entrust ourselves to our faithful Creator. So when, whether we're in trials or not, let's be committed to Jesus. Let's be committed to, to God the Father, to the Holy Spirit. Let's be committed to our God that we can trust. We talked uh, this morning, there was a lot of songs about how God is faithful. He was faithful then and He's faithful now. That's very true. That God, it's not just the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. It's the God of today. And the God that we have bright hope for tomorrow. He is faithful then and He's faithful now. And He will be faithful then. So let's praise our faithful Creator. And I thought it was just interesting here. This, I don't know if this is a little play on words or not, but it says that those who suffer to do good, those who suffer to do good should continue. Or sorry, those who suffer according to God's will should continue to do good. And then, it, then Peter uses the faithful creator there. So the, the, the word, though, I know Peter is writing in Greek here in the New Testament, but the word that they grew up knowing, tov, a Hebrew word, tov doesn't just mean good in English. It means life-giving. So don't just continue to do good. Continue to breathe life to people, to give life, to show them life, and to point them to the life giver, the creator, the one who created each of us. So we have blessing and hope of being in Christ. That when we are in Christ, it's going to help no matter what kind of 
what kind of suffering or persecution we're going to face, even if it's just a little hurt finger. <laughs> we're going to have that hope, that blessing. And let's not lose track of the blessing. Let's not get out of focus. We have this hope that's, that's for now and it's for always. It's eternal. We have this hope, and this hope is, has a name. His name is Jesus. And so let's keep going to Jesus. Let's keep trusting Jesus. Let's continue to do good. Let's continue in our joy of the Lord. You know, Peter says, Christians, you shouldn't be surprised, but rejoice in your suffering. Christians, you shouldn't be ashamed, but praise God that you are His. And then he says, continue to do good. Continue to do good and entrust ourselves, entrust yourselves to the faithful Creator. Seems easier said than done, doesn't it? Continue to do good. Continue to give life to people. Continue to point people to the life giver. In a minute, we're going to sing this, or have a reflection song, a response song. And in the song, it says, Hope has a name, and His name is Jesus. And it talks about the Savior's cross to set the sinner free and how we can praise Jesus and we have victory in Jesus. But in verse 3 it says, There will be a day. My hope is complete. Now home in glory. Your face I'll see. My pain no more. My fear will cease. I will bow my life. I will fix my eyes on Christ my King. And so we know that we have a hope now, but there's a day that that we don't need to have hope anymore because we'll be with Jesus in eternity. For those that trust the Lord with their life, for those who don't stand with their sin, but they stand with their Savior. There's a quote, I don't remember who said it recently, but at the end, we're either going to stand with our sin or we're going to stand with our, our Savior. There's no other options. Are we with our sin? Or are we with Jesus, who took the sin? As far as the east is from the west, then we have, and we have been cleansed, forgiven in Christ Jesus. I invite you, during this song, to, to respond in how you think about your hope. How you think about hope in Jesus. Or if you have that eternal hope in Jesus.